Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? It is time for another episode of Timberwolves Explosion. Today is Thursday, January 22nd, 2009, and this is episode number 15 of the aforementioned Timberwolves Explosion. And we have a pretty cool show for you today. Of course, we're going to review three games. Three games. We'll get to that very quickly. As first and foremost, Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you, as always, for downloading and listening to this show. And those of you that are listening, please tell a friend about this show. Spread the word about Timberwolves Explosion. Um, it would mean a great deal to me, and it would make a great deal to this show. And I can make this show only the better. The more, the merrier. All right, well, on the sportstuff.com, which is our homepage, there is a message board. The button on the upper right-hand corner of the front page of the sportstuff.com says TSS Boards. Click on that. That is how you can sign up and become a member of the sportstuff.com when you are in the prompt to sign up. When you're filling out the information, there is a little referral bar somewhere down there. Type in Paladino Live. Two words. Paladino Live. P-A-L-A-D-I-N-O Live. And that way I can be your referral to the sportstuff.com. I do not make money in doing that. It is just simply to show them that I care on this website as I do very much. All right. Well, before I say anything else, I first want to congratulate those of you that supported and voted for Barack Obama, as he is now the President of the United States, as this is the first Timberwolves explosion with President Barack Obama in office. And, uh, yep, yeah, I wish him the best of luck and uh, the best of health and uh, hope for the best for the future. I mean, that's all we really can do in these troubled times, and that's just the way it's going to have to be. I can't say I voted for him because I didn't, but... I'm, I'm an independent conservative, and I am open-minded to the future and to the possibility of any president doing a good job. It is pretty much just up to the man and to his policies doing the right job. Now that I got that out of the way, real quick here on Timberwolves Explosion, as I said, we're going to review three games, a win at Phoenix, a win against the Clippers in Los Angeles. I thought it was a game here for some reason, but it wasn't. And then on Inauguration Day, a loss to the Utah Jazz, but a much more competitive game. Then it appeared it was going to be, and uh, that'll be in the, the uh, second segment. Of course, this is the first one. The third segment, we are going to talk about the possibilities of Mike Miller getting traded. Now, a very recent thing brought up by Rusty, a thread brought up by Rusty on the sportsstuff.com message boards. Now, again, that's why you get involved. Interesting stuff gets brought up on there. This is on the New Jersey Nets uh, board. Mike Miller could be going to the New Jersey Nets. It's just a possibility, but we'll see as uh, I'm sure some trade rumors are going to be popping up for not only Mike Miller, but the infamous Rashad McCannots. I mean McCants, sorry. So, as I said, lots to get to. So, with no further ado, I'll be right back after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. 
Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Again, episode number 15. And, of course, the show where we talk about a possible Mike Miller trade. A reminder for iPod users, do check out Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. That show is doing quite well. Thanks to you listeners out there. And I'd like to continue to say the same about Timberwolves Explosion. Let's get these, let's get this show off the ground, baby. All right, well, we got some games to review. The first was a thriller in Phoenix, Arizona, the Valley of the Sun. Friday, the 16th of January, the Timberwolves defeat the Phoenix Suns 105-103. to As I said, a thriller and a game of big men, especially for the Minnesota Timberwolves down the stretch. Uh, Al Jefferson and Craig Smith, it's a coming out party for these guys as the defense... Uh, the defense by Shaq and Amari Stoudemire not good enough at this point in time. Not good enough at all when it comes to uh, Smith and Jefferson. Pretty much Smith and Jefferson equal the total score. I mean, uh, uh, Stoudemire and O'Neal only beat the, those two guys by one point. So that just shows how well Jefferson, of course, who always does well, but Craig Smith as well. Ryan Gomes and Grant Hill trade a couple of mediocre games apiece. Three points for Gomes on one of six shooting. Two of five shooting for Grand Hill and six points. So not much going there other than the two got a solid amount of rebounds. Six for Gomes, seven for Grant Hill. And uh, that's pretty much right. I mean, Ryan Gomes and Grant Hill, kind of similar players on their team. Just kind of a quiet leader. That's basically what they are at the small forward position. Al Jefferson, well, not quite as dazzling as he's been against the Phoenix Suns in the past. Only 10 of 21 shooting, but that's not horrible. 12 rebounds, he was able to get 3 steals, a block, and 22 points. And so not quite the 30-something, 38 or whatever, you know, this guy has gotten in the past against the Phoenix Suns. He has had some good runs, indeed. Uh, of course, this game against Dave Eng's club, so I got I, I got to mention him. Uh, I wanted to do a show with him. Here on Timberwolves Explosion as well on Run and Gun Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, unfortunately my schedule just sucks and, uh, it just didn't work out and hopefully we can get it for the next, the next time the Suns and Wolves play. Thankfully we play each other four times a year, being we are both in the Western Conference. Uh, the Shackinator continuing a very positive string of basketball of late. Nine of 13 from the floor. 22 points, 11 rebounds, did get five personal fouls, thanks to Al Jefferson and Craig Smith, along with Amari Stoudemire. Four fouls for him. That's Amare. Yeah, that's Amare, all right. It's the Wolves Amare, Amare. <laughs> they really do, because we seem to score on him with at will, because his defense not the greatest. Of course, neither is Al's or Craig Smith. But what what can you do? What can you do? I'm just glad we won the game. Amare, Stoudemire with... 19 points, 5 assists, which is pretty good for him, and 7 rebounds. 3 blocks, though, so he was getting the blocks, just not the, the overall shutdown defense. And uh, that's kind of what L does at times. Fourth quarter, Foy, excellent down the stretch again, hitting late shots. His stats don't really make you think that he had a great game, but it was the clutch plays at the end that got it done with Randy Foy. 6 of 17 Overall from the floor, Telfair not much better, only 5 of 14. 
with 13 points, 3 assists, 4 turnovers. Foy, however, had 0 turnovers, so that's encouraging from that standpoint. Very pleased with that. Um, Kevin Love and Ronnie Carney, again, very solid off the bench. How about Kevin Love? 14 rebounds, 13 points, another double-double. Five personal fouls, unfortunately, going against the tough inside players of the Phoenix Suns. And Rodney Carney, 6 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 6 from three-point range. Just awesome. And the top plus-minus guy on the Timberwolves in this night, plus 10 with 17 points overall. Just Rodney Carney playing a very awesome string of basketball with very tight defense and some athletic dunks and some very nice shooting that it wasn't there earlier in the year. Though previous seasons did show he had a little bit of three-point touch when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers. Not bad at all. But overall, just another thrilling game for the Wolves. I mean, this was a lot of fun indeed. Minnesota outscoring the Phoenix Suns by eight points in the fourth quarter, trading off what the Suns did to the Wolves by beating the Wolves by eight points in the second quarter. So go figure. Mike Miller, only 2 of 6 from the floor, 0 of 3 from 3-point range. The shooting slump continues, but as people will tell you on the message boards, on the sportsstuff.com and ESPN, <laughs> Timberwolves, whatever, website, yeah, I got attacked for saying uh, not-so-happy comment about Mike Miller saying that he stinks, basically. Uh, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. So, yeah, he does the other things, and that's what people would always say about Kevin Garnett when he doesn't score, but... Some sooner or later when a guy's job is to shoot the ball and make his shots, you kind of want to get your money's worth when you're paying nine or more million a year. Yeah, just thought I'd run that by, by you out there that may disagree with me on Mike Miller. Um, yeah, I understand. Um, Rusty made a pretty uh, good comment about that, and I'll get to that in the next segment when we talk about the Mike Miller trade possibilities. Um Leandro, excuse me, Barbosa, 8 of 14 from the floor, 22 points, the explosive third guard of the Phoenix Suns doing what he does best, and that's score points off the bench, but thankfully not enough for the Suns to overcome the Wolves by a mere two points. So that's pretty much about it for this game. Tim Minnesota continuing their run of good basketball. I mean, I'll, one other note that I might, I might as well mention, the Wolves only shot 43% versus the Suns 50%. So that's one thing you got going for them. The Wolves, though, did out-rebound the Suns, and they hit the clutch shots where the Suns did not down the stretch. That's pretty much what matters most in a game like that, the rebounding and the clutch shooting down the stretch. So that is the end of that. And on Martin Luther King Day, Minnesota Timberwolves, Monday the 19th of January, Minnesota Timberwolves defeat the L.A. Clippers in the Staples Center. Now, they got off to a ridiculous start, the Timberwolves did, on this game, taking a 26-16 lead in the first half or first quarter, and uh, moving it up to 47-36 at halftime, it's like, yeah, Wolves are going to win this game, I would think, and that was a lot of fun. Clippers made this thing a lot closer down the stretch with the Wolves in the end. We're able to hold on and get the victory, defeating the Clippers as I mentioned, 94 to 86. The Clippers dropped to nine and 31. As their abysmal run continues, and I'm sorry to hear that for Gavin of Clipper Talk, also on the sportsstuff.com. So lots of familiarity here. You got Dang's team, Dave Eng's team, and Gavin's team. 
and uh, Gavin is a great guy. You know, just thought I'd run that by all of you out there. Please check out Clipper Talk, thesportstuff.com. I know the team's not doing so good, but you know what? This team has some talent on the roster. Of course, a lot of guys injured, unfortunately. Camby didn't play in this game. Uh, Kamen's been out forever. Baron Davis is out again. That guy just always gets hurt no matter where he plays. Uh, man, it's <laughs> just got to drive anybody nuts, and I feel for you, Gavin. Hopefully your team can turn it around, as obviously I can relate, and Wolves fans can relate to the L.A. Clippers. It's not been a fun couple of years for either of us. Real quick, though, uh, DeAndre Jordan of the L.A. Clippers, the rookie DeAndre Jordan, getting his first start of his career, and, man, did he show up. He showed up to play, folks. He really did. In 34 minutes, he was 4-6 or six from the floor for 8 points. Now, that's not the exciting part. It's the 6 blocks and 10 rebounds that this guy was able to eclipse. And uh, DeAndre Jordan could be a player on the rise, as in his following game. Woo! He exploded. That was last night against Andrew Bynum and the Lakers. Now, Bynum outplayed him. See, Bynum got 42, but or 40. But DeAndre, I'll get to that in a sec, but oh, DeAndre with 22 points and another 4 blocks. This guy... Looking like he's ready to be the starting center for the LA Clippers. So that's one major positive for the Clippers possibly moving forward other than also Eric Gordon, who had 25 points in the game against the Timberwolves here. 25 points, three assists, four rebounds. This guy looks like he is a lot better than some people thought going in through the draft. They thought that he might be kind of a boring pick for the Clippers. I don't think so. This guy is looking pretty good. Al Thornton shot the ball 18 times, only making six of them. Just not a great game for him, though he did fill the stats a little bit with 12 points and nine rebounds. So not horrible, but not what you need in a game against the Timberwolves. Ricky Davis, the infamous Ricky Davis, returning to the lineup, the guy who was suspended for drugs. Oh, Ricky Davis. You know, that's why this son of a biscuit. So I'm not going to, I don't need to say that word, so the other word right now. I'll say it in maybe future shows, but Ricky Davis, Ricky frickin' Davis, folks. This guy is one of the biggest clowns in Minnesota Timberwolves history. And for the Clippers to sign him during the offseason, when they had veterans and nice young players, I can't imagine this helped the locker room for the L.A. Clippers, as it sure didn't for the Minnesota Timberwolves, as immediately after the Timberwolves acquired Ricky Davis, Ricky Davis. They couldn't win a game for their lives. The defense went down the toilet as every single blown assignment by this guy, he would point fingers at someone else, no matter who it was. If it was Kevin Garnett, if it was Randy Foy, if it was Troy Hudson, yeah, who wasn't exactly Mr. Defense either, but any mistake this worthless a-hole made was always pointing the finger to somebody else as sources inside Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> inside the Minnesota Timberwolves locker room have said more than once this guy was the biggest disruption and distraction to this team in their history and we're talking about a team with Christian Leitner and J.R. Ryder think about it that's how bad Ricky Davis has been for the Timberwolves, and I can't imagine what he's doing in the L.A. Clippers. Think about it, L.A. Clippers. That's, I mean, oh, I can't even imagine the atmosphere in that locker room right now. they got to get him out of there. If I were the Clippers management, I would do anything I can just to get him out of there. What's the point? 
What is the point? This guy's track record has been nothing but destruction since, at least since he left the Boston Celtics. Uh, he was a distraction in Cleveland, complained about playing time. Boston, for some strange reason, he had actually, he actually worked out as a sixth man there. For some strange reason, I don't know what it was. Maybe their management has half a brain. That could be what it is, I guess. I mean, somebody did something right with him there. But in the Timberwolves and <laughs> the Miami Heat, yeah, boy, they did real good last year, didn't they? Oh, and look at the poor Clippers. You know, a team, a team that I, you know, gotta think has more wins in them than what I'm seeing right now. Now I know Ricky Davis can't be the root of the whole thing, but man, he ain't helping. He ain't a help to any young team or any veteran team or any team whatsoever. This guy should just go away. Period. Ugh, now I got that off my. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but I had to get that off my chest. Ricky Davis. I've been waiting to comment on this guy for a long time, and I finally got to, especially after that drug suspension. Oh my God. Okay. He just knew that that. Son of a gun, that he was up to something, obviously. I mean, it's not just a normal person that would act the way he does. That's all I gotta say there. Okay, excuse me. Uh, L. Jefferson, 9 of 21 from the floor, 20 points, 17 rebounds, rebounded the heck out of the ball. He out-rebounded Kevin Love. It's a miracle. L. Jefferson actually out-rebounded Kevin Love for a change. Love had 8 rebounds in the game versus L. Jefferson's 22. Also, one other thing to note between Jefferson and Love that's mm, not something I like too much. Jefferson with uh, the plus 22. Now, I like that a lot. Kevin Love with a minus 16. Jefferson had the best plus minus. Love had the worst plus minus. So, mm, one guy had a little bit of trouble with the Clippers' front line there. Kevin Love only two of nine from the floor. Mike Miller's shooting slump continues. Three of nine in 30 minutes, 28 minutes, 0 of 4 from three-point range. And again... Nine million a year for a guy that's supposed to hit three pointers and he doesn't. Alright, I yeah, that's pretty much about it when it comes to Mike Miller. Well, the Wolves did win this game, so I'll chill out a little bit. Craig Smith having another very good game. Twenty points, eight rebounds. Craig Smith, a menace inside against the uh you know, not so great Clippers front court. I can't I'm not really scared of Brian Skinner in Al Thornton, when it comes to versus Jefferson and Craig Smith, I think those two guys did a pretty good job on him. Telfair did pick up nine assists, but again, another bad shooting night. Two of nine for Telfair. Oh, a four from three-point range. And there are so many times I want Telfair to chill out with the shooting because the guy can't shoot. He really can't. Foy, though, again, down the stretch, very valuable. Six of 11 overall from the floor. Three of five from three-point range. Good for 17 points. And, uh yeah. Only four assists because uh, he just really wasn't much of a point guard in this game. That was more Telfair's duty on this particular night. But uh Foy, again, as Gavin would say, the man crush on Foy continues. This guy is the reason, the sole reason, this Timberwolves team has had some success of late. And I'm going to say that until I'm blue in the face because I was right. I was right. And I know I'm not the only person that said it, but, you know, it's the truth. The truth be told. All right. Let's get to the final game review here. So I've kind of gone a little bit long on these reviews, and I apologize. I just, because of the Rick Davis, Ricky Davis rant that I, you know, that's been waiting inside for a long time. 
Well, the Wolves lost to the Utah Jazz. Now, this was the following night, back-to-back. This team, the Timberwolves, didn't had no energy at all coming out of the gate. The Utah Jazz scored the first 12 points of the game and led 18 to 4 at one point. In the, (laughs) one point in the first half. Just, I mean, it was just a complete blowout. In the first half overall, especially in the first quarter, the Jazz constantly would get easy layups and dunks as they constantly get open under the basket. Well, the Jazz made great passes to the open men, especially Millsap and AK-47 in the first half. As, uh, I mean, it was just every single time anybody was moving with the ball on Utah, they would end up just doing a little dump pass and somebody would be wide open for a dunk. And it was like, come on, guys, where is the defense? Now, Utah plays a bracket of basketball, you know, that is filled with common sense that I love. I love common sense on the basketball court. Just pass the dang ball when someone's wide open under the hoop. I mean, how many times have you either been on a team or watched a team at any level of play and someone's wide open under the hoop? All you got to do is just do a little flip pass, and they and it's two points. But the Sons of Biscuits won't pass the ball. But in Utah, they do it, and that's why the Utah Jazz have had so much success for 20 freaking years under Jerry Sloan. And, uh yeah, that guy is about as good a coach as there's ever been, and it's a shame there's no championships in Utah with Jerry Sloan's name on them. All right, on to the game, though. I apologize. AK-47 was out of the second half due to an inflamed ankle. The Wolves kept scrounging back into the game with timely shots and attacking the basket. So finally the Wolves played at a smarter brand of basketball in the second half. A little more energy. The Wolves did get in within one point at one point. <laughs> one within one point at one point. <laughs> oh, I love when I talk like that. But, of course, they never could gain the lead, ever. On multiple easy opportunities, they had a chance to take the lead, and they couldn't. Al Jefferson overall, despite great scoring numbers, was a mess all night, turning the ball over, taking dumb shots and missing ones that we needed down the stretch. Is that just, that was a bummer. I mean, when you look at Jefferson's line, he did have 25 points, and that's terrific and all. But look, 12 of 25. Man, he shot the ball 25 times in this game. And I don't know how many times he was pretty open, and he'd do that flip, little flip shot that he does, and boom, just bounce right off the rim. I don't know why he wouldn't just take it straight to the basket. That's the one thing about Jefferson that I think needs to change a little bit. And as I said, with the turnovers, five of those in this game. And again, only eight rebounds. There were so many rebounds that were to be had that we did not get. Kevin Love luckily had nine rebounds. He actually had a pretty good game. So Kevin Love kind of in a way outplayed Jefferson this time. He had the plus three. Jefferson had the minus nine. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Kevin Love, not bad at all. 12 points, 9 rebounds. 5 of 7 from the floor. Of course, he's inconsistent as he is a rookie and a pretty raw one, and I think a fairly fragile one as well. But the improvement is starting to show with Kevin Love. And uh I actually texted in, you know, they say to text in a question to the Timberwolves uh, television network, whatever, at Fox Sports North. I texted in, will Kevin Love be starting by February? And uh, right now they're thinking, yeah, that's a pretty good possibility. So we'll see. I would think, obviously, it would be Craig Smith being the man who goes to the bench. I see Craig Smith as a valuable guy off the bench with his energy, offense off the bench. So there you go. And then Kevin Love just getting more and more rebounds with more and more playing time because it's just as simple as that. The more he's on the floor, the more rebounding he's going to get for us. 
Sebastian Telfair overall was the player of the game for the Wolves with 17.9 assists, though he did have five personal fouls overall. He started out the game like crap, but he but he was the main reason the Wolves started to climb back in it. He started hitting shots, making layups, made a couple threes, but a lot of those nice, when he funny stopped at that stupid jump shot over and over and over again, and he started slashing to the hoop, funny, the ball started going in. You know, it's as simple as that. Telfair's strength is to slash, not to shoot. Maybe he'll hit a three once in a while as he was two of four on this game, which ain't bad. But yeah, Telfair, just, just drive to the basket. That's your strength. You got the ball handling skills and you're actually using the freaking glass finally. Thank you. You know, I don't know how many times last year he would go up on a layup and he wouldn't even use the glass. And what would happen? Whoop, the ball rims out and, uh, yeah, the ball is not ours anymore. Yeah, funny. Foy had a, <laughs> Was not on at all early on, but thankfully later in the game, he was another reason the Wolves were very strong down the stretch. He had 19 points, 7 to 13 from the floor, but Foy hitting clutch shots once again. And, uh, yeah, he's continuing his strong level of play. Of course, not 32 points or whatever like he had the other night, or 29 or whatever, but, yeah, you know, it ain't bad. It ain't bad at all. Now, Mike Miller. We're going to close with Mike Miller really quick because that'll be the next segment. I know this show's running a little long, but, you know, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of things to get into. Now, Mike Miller's shooting slump is at an all-time low. He nearly airballed two free, important free throws in the fourth quarter. I mean, the ball barely grazed the front of the rim. He barely grazed the front of the rim, and it also looked like he was trying to guide the ball in the basket, like, you know, he was kind of straining forward a little bit on his shots. How could this be happening to Mike Miller? I can't believe it. It's, it's only in Minnesota it seems to happen. Only in Minnesota you get a guy who is known to be really good at something and for some stinking reason, up oh, he's having a bad year. You know, he's just having a bad year. That's all it is. Yeah. He's just having a bad year. I have no right to criticize him. Yeah, I have a right to criticize him. He's, I'm frustrated and it, it, it gets old. Speaking of missing free throws, Randy Foy, as I mentioned, was clutch, but here was the thing. There's one major complaint, though. He missed two very key free throws. Two. He missed both of them with about 2.30 left in the game. And we were very, it was a very tight game at that point. I believe we were down by four points or something, and he missed both of them. And basically after that, the game was over. Stupid Mehmet Oker, who <laughs> had a very good game, by the way, hitting a big three down the stretch. That's when you knew the game was pretty much on ice. It put the Jazz up by, I believe, Eight points or something, and uh yeah, that was only his second three-pointer of the day, believe it or not. But good for 22 points for Mehmet Oker. He was huge for the Jazz down the stretch. Paul Mishap, though, my goodness, has this guy become a gem. 28 points, 15 rebounds for Paul Millsap, a guy who I couldn't tell you who he was. You know, or like last year, yeah, he's this okay backup on the team, right? A second-round pick, a 17th pick in the second round by the Utah Jazz in 06. Why is it always the Jazz and the, and the Spurs that continue to pick up these gems? I mean, this guy could easily be a starting power forward on most teams in the NBA. As, as a starting forward since Boozer's injury, in 24 games, he's averaged 35 minutes, 11.3 rebounds, 17, or no, 18 points a game. He's averaging also 1.4 steals, which you don't get much out of a power forward, and about a block a game, and even 2.5 assists. Paul Millsap, shooting about 58% from the floor as a starter. 
nice find by the Utah Jazz. I wish we had him, but we don't. But we don't, and that's just the way it goes. Luckily, we did get Craig Smith that year, but Millsap was available when we had those two back-to-back picks. We took Bobby Jones and Craig Smith. It would have been nice if it was Paul Millsap and Craig Smith. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would have worked out pretty cool. But, well, hindsight is twenty-twenty, right? Well, with that, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back for the next segment. We're going to talk about the Mike Miller trade possibility. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 15, a reminder for iPod users, and also do check out Brave the Wild, the sportsstuff.com and iTunes, Minnesota Wild podcast. Please check it out. That's my other, that's my third and final podcast. Well, the title of this episode is talking about the possibility of Mike Miller getting traded, as we know... The trade rumors are going to start picking up as we're nearing the trade deadline. We're about a month away or so. It's usually about February 20th or around there every year. And one of my favorite times of year is the is about the month leading up to the trade deadline. Is I love trade rumors. I just love them. And uh, Rusty, Rusty, Russell Rusty <laughs> of the crossover, Knicks and Nets, podcast on the sportstuff.com just a fantastic show and uh, very entertaining along with very knowledgeable rusty was able to scrounge up this story and the talk is that the new new jersey nets are eyeing mike miller or larry hughes they're among trade options the new jersey nets are considering this is NJ.com, NJ.com. So thanks again, Rusty, for that. Again, it's just a fantastic show. Now, if I'm the New Jersey Nets, now Larry Hughes or Mike Miller, I think I'd want Mike Miller just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, Larry Hughes is nothing but a cancer, as Brian Cush would say. Uh, Brian Cush, of course, the Bulls, running with the Bulls host on the sportsstuff.com. Larry Hughes is just another Rashad McCants. I don't think you need that. Unless the, but the, yeah. Then again, I wouldn't mind if the Nets took McCants. Yeah, you know, you want Mike Miller, you got to take Rashad. Yes. No. Whatever. You know, Rashad will be out of here in June anyway if uh, we are unable to dole him out. But the possibilities that this article talks about is Stromile Swift of the New Jersey Nets is the closest when it comes to uh, salaries. You know how you have to match a salary with the uh, – you know, to make a trade in the NBA, unfortunately, you have to be within about 15%, I believe. Stromile Swift, now the whole point of getting Stromile is because Mike Miller's contract is this year and next. Stromile's is off the books at the end of the year. That would be one scenario in this trade rumor. Uh, 
you know, that would simply be for extra cap space this coming summer. I wouldn't be totally against that. I used to be a fan of Stromile Swift thinking that his day would come. This guy is a talented guy, and his day is going to come. It never did. So now that's what Stromile Swift is, just the kind of guy you want on your team because of his high contract just to uh, be help in the salary cap situation, as the Wolves would be under the cap, I believe, next year without Mike Miller's 10 point million 10 point million 9.7 million next year so that is the dilly there but a the possibility that uh, rusty brings up is that the wolves would be would uh, excuse me would acquire Sean Williams and a second rounder in the deal because the wolves are looking for a young player and a draft pick in return then that's want to do a two-for-one deal, so it would be Sean Williams and a draft pick, so maybe probably uh, probably a Stromile Swift as well, I'm thinking, to even out the salaries. Maybe we throw in McCants in that deal or somebody like that, maybe Mark Madsen or something. Because um, obviously I think the salaries would need one more player from the Wolves. I don't know how it would work, but that could be what happens, maybe Stromile and Sean Williams. So we'll see what happens there. Uh Again, Rusty, thank you very much for bringing this up. He also is going to talk about on the the crossover that uh, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, a Newark, New Jersey native, is interested in buying the team. So that's pretty interesting stuff indeed. He also wants to make this comment. I think it's important to realize that just because a player, now this is Mike Miller, just because a player is having a bad season, it doesn't make him a bad player. Miller has accomplished enough in his career to prove his worth. He hasn't played Team USA Basketball for nothing. My response to that is, I do understand that I can't judge Miller on one year, as that's very true. But sometimes the other thing is certain players just don't work in certain places for whatever reason. Because look at Karan Butler, how lame he was in L.A. Remember how bad he was there? And look how great he's been in Washington ever since he got there. Andre Miller in Denver never lived up, never really lived up to that dynamic point guard that I thought he was, and it was even worse in the L.A. Clippers, as it seems everybody fails in L.A., almost everybody anyway. Um, look how competitive Andre Miller is in Philadelphia and how great he was in Cleveland. So a lot of it is the scenery, folks, as in L.A., it's just, I don't know, the Clippers, it's nothing but distraction. For some reason, anytime, it seems like almost any time a hometown boy comes to Minnesota, they fail. Look at Mark Parrish of the Minnesota Wild. A 50-point guy, 25-point goal scorer with the New York Islanders comes to Minnesota. Nothing. Nothing. He did almost nothing last year, and he was okay his first year. So there you go. And look at Mike Miller, as mentioned, not having a good year. Now, I know injuries have to do with it, but still, still, you know, you can't just... You know, I can't just accept. I can't just accept it. You know that okay, it's just a bad year. He he's had a lot of good years consistently in the past, and uh, unfortunately, it's just not working out here. As as I said, only in Minnesota, right? <laughs> no. But um, I also want to add, Mike Miller could be a great fit in New Jersey. It's possible. It might be a better fit, but it would be a shame to see him leave. And if it if if it is what it is. That's what it is, you know. That that's he's just going to only succeed somewhere else at this point in time. Excuse me, trying not to cough here, trying to get through this without coughing all over you. Ah, excuse me. He also adds, Rusty adds about the fact Mike being an example of a player who just hasn't clicked with a certain team for whatever reason. 
I think it, that's exactly what it is. So there you go, Rusty. Looks like we're of like mind there. Even though he has come from a young Memphis team, I think he was happy there with a few older and more experienced players around him, like Paul Gasol and even Rudy Gay to an extent. When he was traded to the T-Wolves, he became the elder statesman and the wise head, almost by default. I'm not sure that's something that sat well with him. If he was traded to the Nets, even though they're also rebuilding, he'd be around guys like VC, Vince Carter, Devin, Keon Dooling, and Jarvis Hayes. I get the feeling he'd be more comfortable in that situation. And you know what, Rusty? I agree with you completely. Great minds think alike. And, uh, again, do check out that great mind with PMAC also on the crossover. He is the Knicks guy. Rusty is the Nets guy. So do check out that show. Fantastic. Very entertaining. And as I'm about to call it the show here, I'm going to add a really simple, really quick poll on the sportsstuff.com. Now, when you do have your screen name all set and ready to go, go to the podcast section on the forum, see where it says Timberwolves Explosion. I put in a very simple, but, you know, a poll up there. Should the Timberwolves trade Mike Miller, yes or no? Please get on and vote if they should trade Mike Miller, yes or no, and be feel free to leave a comment in there as to why you would like him traded or not traded. So do you believe, oh boy, he's a hometown guy, or not hometown, but semi, semi-hometown guy, Midwestern from South Dakota, Mitchell, South Dakota, home of the Corn Palace. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I had to say that, didn't I? Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want him here, believe that he'll get better next year or better throughout the course of this year and maybe stay here long term and be a huge success here. Yeah, you know, that's your opinion. Please put it down. Me right now, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying they should probably trade him if they can get the right pieces. In my opinion, Sean Williams, well, he's got a little bit of talent. He's not an overwhelming amount of talent, but uh I don't know. Maybe we can get something a little bit more in return from the Nets or from another team. We're just going to have to wait and see. Cap space is probably the number one thing the Wolves need right now overall. Being we've been in cap trouble since 1997. Yeah, that's a long time, folks. So with that, I'm going to call it a quick, I'm going to call it a show, and I've really enjoyed this one, as always, and I hope you have as well. Again, please tell a friend, and uh, if you'd like to email me, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. This is one word, of course. I also have an instant messenger on Yahoo. It's Paladino Live, the same thing. Be, feel free to add me if you'd like to instant message me sometime or send me an offline message, whatever. Uh, I'd be terrific. Timberwolves Explosion also has a MySpace. Simply look up Timberwolves Explosion or type in myspace.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion and add me on there. You can communicate there. Just start a little network there as uh I'm enjoying this show, and I want it to keep going, and I want it to continue to rise. So with no further ado, I'm going to call it a show, and we'll be back next week. Maybe the Wolves will have a trade done, or the rumors will be picking up some more. Hopefully something cool will happen. Until then, we'll talk to you soon.